This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome to the Counter Narrative Podcast, a show designed to change the way we talk and think about education. By sharing stories of successes and triumphs, we aim to challenge the dominant narrative that often negatively portrays our disenfranchised populations. I'm your host, Charles Williams, an urban educator for more than 15 years, a current school principal in Chicago, an educational consultant, an equity advocate, and the co-host of Inside the Principal's Office. Let's get started. Hey, have you heard the news? Inside the Principal's Office has released a book, a best-selling new release on Amazon. This book is perfect for any current or aspiring educational leader. Broken down into 40 weeks, this book is filled with reflections and practical advice from three educational administrators and provides space for reflection to facilitate growth. Join other leaders from around the world who have already ordered their copies to join in on upcoming book studies and workshops. Order your copy on Amazon today. In this episode, I chat with Sandra Donahue, who has served in education for over 30 years. She's been a teacher for 16 years, a principal for 15, and has served as an instructor for the principal qualifications course for 10 years. In addition to education, Sandra loves music and musical theater. She has taught dance for years and even performed in musicals while in high school. Sandra is a Codebreaker ambassador and works closely with Matthew Joseph on a number of projects and is currently co-authoring a book on leadership. During our conversation, Sandra brought up a powerful sentiment. Everyone with whom we interact should walk away better because of the experience. While this may sound a bit conceited, the truth is that we should strive to improve those around us at every opportunity. We discussed how this could look with the students in our building by adopting a lens of possibility and allowing them the opportunities to become empowered participants within their schools. Sandra encourages educators to step out of their comfort zones. Often the real reason why we continue to practice antiquated approaches and to engage in some reflection activities to identify areas of improvement. Yes, it requires relationships. Yes, it requires vulnerability. And yes, it may be challenging. But it is so well worth it. I hope that you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Counter Narrative Podcast. Now, Guys, this this is a special episode for me, um, not just because I have an amazing guest on, but because we have rescheduled this thing, I don't know, six, seven, eight, 23 times, I don't know, 
you know, it's just life has been happening these last few weeks. And Sandra has been phenomenal in providing me with grace and saying, yeah, let's move it around. Let's move it around. And we finally had an opportunity to connect. And here we are. So, Sandra, how, how are you? How are things going? Yes, I'm very happy to be here and to finally make this connection and link. Um, and today is uh, is a good day uh, because we finally made our connection, which I love. And also um, because I feel like we're uh, today was one of those days at work where I had, you know, the sort of the high and the low and everything in between. And so I feel like, you know, I've earned my paycheck today, but also that um, I still am able to, you know, really, truly enjoy what it is that I do and take opportunities to have conversations with fabulous, inspiring educators like yourself. And it just, you know, makes everything that you do worthwhile. So I'm just grateful to be here and to share this time with you. Oh, well, thank you. You know, I'm glad to hear that you're having a wonderful day. I'm, I'm <laughs> hoping that we will continue that track. Uh, so Sandra, why don't we kick things off? Why don't you share mm -hmm. a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do in education, um, you know, kind of how you got to where you are. And one of my favorite things, something special or unique about you that maybe not a lot of people know. Okay, well, I have a few of those. But um, so yes, I have been a, a teacher probably since I was six years old when I used to line up my dolls, right? Um, and then uh, teach to the, the class. But um, I've been an educator and only with one board. I'm in uh, Mississauga, Ontario, and I am currently an elementary school principal. This is my third community that I've had the privilege to lead and serve in. Um, and I was a vice principal for two years. Prior to that, when I first got hired in teaching, I did a little bit of supply teaching. I did a little bit of um uh, bopping around with different schools, but I taught junior kindergarten, grade one, grade five, grade seven. I did special education. I had a special education class. I did ESL. I was a consultant for four years. Um, so super loving everything to do with uh, students and kids. And I always tell people that my favorite grade or my favorite job is the job that I'm doing while I'm doing it. And that still reigns true to this moment um, because I still love absolutely everything about being an educator. Um, I also was a dance teacher for a number of years. I taught dance. Um, I did every type of dance that there was. I still have a passion for dance and the arts, and I'd love to be able to bring that alive in, in schools. Um, love musical theater. I did musical theater. I did theater when I was in high school. Um, so love all of that. And also I did a, um, like a, a contest and I won in my local, uh, in my hometown, Sault Ste. Marie, and we had a winter carnival. And I, this is a little tidbit that not a lot of people know, but I was, uh, Miss Bon Sue. It was our winter carnival. Um, and I, I won uh, that carnival or that uh, crown. I wore that for one year. I did parades. I did events. I did all kinds of things. And that's actually where I really, truly learned my skill for impromptu, like, here's the microphone, go speak. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, whatever. <laughs> so still to this day, I do uh, love to do that. I also won actually the best speech um 
in that competition. Uh, so I guess I've always had a passion for talking with people, interacting with people. And yeah, just truly, I'm a huge fan and a passionate educator, all things learning, everything that you can do to unlock the magic for a student is ultimately my goal. You have done a phenomenal amount of work in the in the field of education. I love it. And I really, so I, I'm also a fan of theater. Um, I know a lot of times, like, you know, I was kind of the, the Troy Bolton in school, right? I, oh, I, was, yeah. I was an athlete, but then I would turn around and jump on stage and people are like, wait, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, I love so, that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, we got a connection there. In fact, this weekend, so... Uh, if all goes well, for those of you watching mm -hmm. or listening, this will come out this weekend. We're like okay, literally yes. doing it the day before it would air. <laughs> uh, just to show you how close it was coming. Yeah. Uh, but this is my, my, my birthday weekend. And oh. so, yes. Oh, I feel so honored. So, yes. See, I'm celebrating with you. You got the celebrate well, and sign up. I got to celebrate. See? See? See I knew works? it. Somehow we were connected. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Well, we are going to go see a show here in Chicago. It's called Drunk Shakespeare. Oh, wow. So I've, I, I'm a huge fan of, I don't know if you've ever seen it called Drunk History. No, oh, but I need to, I think. Yes, it is a show. Um, I want to oh. say it's on the History Channel, you know, because it's so educational. Oh, um, cool. But people get absolutely drunk and then they tell stories about things that actually happened. But to make it even better, they have celebrities who then impersonate that story and they oh, lip sync over the actual narrator, the drunk narrator. Oh my and it's God. hilarious. It is hilarious. Oh, I need to. I need to see that. That is sounds so fun. Yeah. Very so I, I just like, you know, I, I always love figuring out these connections. And, and I know I've said yes. it in many other episodes, but, you know, we spend time, uh, time together on Twitter, uh, you know, mm -hmm. in, in chats and other places. But this we really get to know each other. So, yes. <laughs> uh, so, Sandra, I, you know, diving into this conversation a little bit. Mm -hmm. You've spent so much time in education um, mm -hmm. and in other areas, right? Whether it's dance or, you know, speaking mm -hmm. and waving to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I did have the wave, yes. <laughs> so I, I'm curious, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Remembrance Day just passed in Canada. Um, yep. So I'm curious a little bit about your experience in what we are trying to do on the show here, right? The, the challenging the narrative, pushing back mm -hmm. and saying, hey, you know what? There's a different side to this. And so I want to dive in a little bit into that. What are some of your experiences there? If there's a story maybe that you have that epitomizes that for you? Well, you know what? That's such a great question. I, I literally just feel like every single day I try to, um, you know, kind of broaden the perspective of, you know, myself and then anyone else that I can in terms of unlearning and relearning and really trying to put ourselves in a position where we're much better situated to truly make a difference for all of our learners. You know, have we considered every single facet of you know, their, their learning experience? Have we looked at it from every lens? You know, have we considered what voice is missing in this situation? You know, who have we forgotten? Who have we, you know, kind of put into a category that they 
no longer need to be placed in. So recently, um, I had a conversation um, as it relates to even dress code in our schools. Um, you know, so we, we, I just said, you know, why is the conversation only about what the girls are wearing? <laughs> Does anybody talk about what the guys are wearing? Or, you know, and why are we putting people into situations where we're kind of placing our female uh, identifying students uh, that, you know, what you put on, oh, you're sending a message mm -hmm. and, you know, all of this stuff. Why can't we just wear clothes that make us feel good, that, you know, look good? And why can't I just be able to live in that space and not worry about the narratives that other people are already creating about me or whatever? So we really have to kind of undo that historical kind of messaging, you know, that that exists very similar to historical messaging that we know exists as it relates to racism and systemic, you know, issues um, that are set up in our schools. You know, so in Canada right now, uh, we're talking a lot about de-streaming um, and, uh, you know, and that's as it relates to our transition to secondary school. Um, so, you know, we used to have streams of kids. Okay. You're in academic, which is the highest level of achievement. And then you're in applied, which is a little bit lower. And then you're in another stream, which is uh, locally developed or uh, kind of a lesser um, academic standard stream, right? I had no idea. So we're already funneling people into pathways and they're like 14, 13, 14 years old. Um, so, and that streaming, that funneling starts very young, right? With these types of situations that we create. So how can we undo that? And how can we say, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm going to open the floodgates for every kid because I firmly believe that every kid is capable of learning. And I'm going to make sure that I tap into every way that I can to foster that for a student and, you know, and the learners. So um, yeah, for me, I think it, it's every decision I make, every conversation I have, every opportunity I have to push that um, narrative and to make sure that that layer is never forgotten or cast aside um, is truly what I what I would like to, you know, say would hopefully be a little bit of my living legacy, um, you know, in a building. And people know that, you know, I did want to make a difference for all of the people that are in my community. That includes the parents, the teachers, the staff, the, the visitors, the guests, you know, the students, um, everybody, because I think ultimately that's what my goal or my job is, right? I'm a job, I see myself as in service to others. And in that service is to do whatever I can to ensure that um, the other person, when they've had an interaction with me, has um, left with a good feeling and feels good about themselves. And then they want to turn around and do that for someone else. And then they want to turn around and do better the next day or whatever. Right. That's what we all hope for. Or at least I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. No, Sandra, I love that idea. Right. That if that was all of our personal goals. Right. Yeah. I want you to leave better with every interaction with me. I want you to leave mm -hmm. better because of that interaction. Right? I mean, that would be a powerful thing if that's what we all try to do for one another to say, hey, 
after you connect with me, I want you to walk away feeling uplifted, feeling loved, feeling connected, yes. whatever it may be. But I want you to walk away better than it was when you connected with me initially. Mm -hmm. like, wow. Yeah. That's a powerful thing. We yeah. got to turn that into a shirt or something. Yeah. There's a slogan. There. There's a slogan. There. Yeah. There's a slogan. there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting that you talked about the these funnels in Canada, mm -hmm. um, because as I as I was thinking about it, as you were mentioning it here in Chicago, and I and I know I've talked a little bit about this on the show before, we don't really funnel, I guess, maybe not as explicitly, uh, but mm -hmm. for students to go to high school, it is an application process. I know mm -hmm. when I grew up, like you just went to your local high school, right? There, there, right. Were, there were no choices. That's where you went, depending on where you lived. But in Chicago, there's an application process. And very much like you said, there's almost three tiers. There are the mm -hmm. the selective enrollment magnet schools, the, the creme de la creme, right? right? Everybody wants to get in, but they have such high standards and priorities that only a select few can get into those schools. Um, then you have your traditional program schools. Um, you know, so if you want to be a doctor, right? I can go to this medical program. I can go to this other type of program. Oh, okay. And then you have your neighborhood schools. And no, anybody watching that's no knock against neighborhood schools, but typically kids are like, I don't want to go to my neighborhood school yeah. unless you live in a really nice neighborhood where your neighborhood school right. happens to be one of the top echelons, right? Um, and, and you're absolutely right. So right now, my eighth graders, they just took a test Tuesday, what, two days ago. They just took a test that is going to determine part of their score and where they're allowed to go. And you're absolutely right. It looks on the front very much open. That's what's being touted. Like, no, you can go wherever you like, so mm -hmm. long as you meet the criteria. Right. Right. <laughs> and so. And who sets the criteria and who sets those standards and who's, you know, who was the person who invented that system? I'm sure it wasn't based on, you know, all things being fair and equal. Exactly. So that's where you have to start asking those types of questions. Right. And I and I often think about, um, you know, students when when they come down um, and they're, you know, having a rough day. Right. So they're coming down, they come down to the office and I always think like, you know, is there a way that I can turn this around for this kid? Because nothing is ever without hope, right? There's no, like, you know, you want to foster this idea that, listen, we can turn this around. So even for those students, your eighth graders who have taken that test, you know, if I get a low score, I'm already going to think like, oh no, now what? Right. So my, my aspiration for, you know, going to this school has now just been wiped out. And then, yeah. So it's kind of hard because then you're trying to say, oh, no, no, it's okay. You know, you can still do this and you can still, right. So you got to be like, woo, get my pom poms and I'm going to cheerlead you on. But it seems almost like, why do we even have to do that? Like, you know, like they're so young. They're so, they have so much potential. And, you know, I don't know about you, but like I didn't peak at 14. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have it all together. You know, I was still bumbling along and fumbling along. And, you know, so I'm thinking, wow, like, it would be nice if people were looking out for me at that age to say, hey, girl, I see something in you. Don't you worry. Right. And try to like, you know, sort of help you instead of, yeah, kind of direct you in a way that's not necessarily going to set you set you on a path, you know, for uh, success down the road. So, 
I don't know if there was a way that we could just, you know, again, just really look at people with a lens of potential, with a lens of growth, with a lens of capability of me looking at you and saying, wow, this is what I see. Right. And then I want you to go out and show that to the world. Um, you know, that would be a, a much better conversation to have with young kids. Right. And to try to really build up in them. I, I think we as educators can do that. You know, we can do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I think you bring up a powerful point that the people making the decisions are basing them off of kind of where they're at at that current point in their life and saying, well, this is what a child should be. As yeah. you mentioned, forgetting the fact like more than likely that's not who you were when you were their age, <laughs> you know, yeah. and so it's a very select few students who meet those criteria. And you're right. We, we perpetuate this issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm curious and I know you touched upon it a little bit. So, you know, there's no secret. My wife and I, we have five daughters. Um, yeah. so earlier you talked about the, the dress code. Yeah. And so, you know, my, my, my youngest daughter, she's a senior in high school. She just came home the other day and complaining the same thing. She's like, dad, I don't get it. Like, why are these dress codes so sexist? And yes. I said, honey, you're absolutely right. And so I'm curious from your own experience, why do you think that we still have these antiquated systems, whether it's dress codes or other things? That we're just like, we know it's wrong, but yeah, we're just going to implement it anyway. Because I think it's the easy path to take sometimes because the other path requires a lot of conversation, a lot of learning, which makes people feel very uncomfortable <laughs> uh, because learning is really hard work and unlearning is even harder and then relearning in a new way is even harder. So I'm just going to sit here in my comfortable little spot and I'm not going to really move because that feels okay and I'm okay with that. That's but that's not me. I I'm I'm I always think like no, I can do better. I can learn. I am capable of moving forward and I am capable of recognizing when something is not right. And I think, you know, as a as a woman who's raised a daughter, I have always been very careful with my word choices with my own child. I have not spoken about dieting. I don't talk like that. I talk about fueling my body with things that are good for me and that help me to energize me and to make me perform optimally, right? Because I'm very cognizant of the body culture that exists for young women and it is not pretty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, my daughter was in dance like I was, um, very challenging body image space to be mm -hmm. in as like a, as a female. So you want to be, you know, make sure you're perpetuating the right kind of messaging, um, you know, so very kind, very mindful of that as, as a mom and then wanting to, you know, build that with, with my daughter. Right. So I, um, so I try to do the same thing in my building. I'm very careful, right, with how I approach um, the the girls and the boys, because again, I want to be, you know, sending the right kind of messaging. And I think at the end of the day, I always think, you know, wouldn't it be a beautiful, beautiful world if people really, truly tried to be their best authentic self each and every day? 
and if they were accepted for that each and every day. And they were not made to feel less than if they didn't, I don't know, <laughs> like if someone had a comment on you, if it wasn't a derogatory one, but rather one that saw the potential in you, the the opportunity that this, the sun that shines out of you. Like if you walk around your school and if you don't see the beauty in the faces of the kids that you serve every day, you are not looking with the right eyes <laughs> because there is so much potential out there with our students. They have so much to offer and they have so much to teach us. I learn something new from kids every single day. And I think it's beautiful. It's like a, a miracle. Um, and kids want to be in that position. Like they really do. They love being in a situation where they can help or support or, you know, come up with ideas or, you know, share what they really want to talk about. It's it's amazing to me that that's not what we're elevating more of. Like you and I right now having this fabulous conversation, you know, kids would love oh, doing stuff like this too, right? Yeah, right. Um, just being able to talk and uh, be able to talk about stuff that really matters to them, uh, what they're really passionate about, what they're actually really interested in. Um, you know, we got to give them the platforms to do that as well. So that's another layer to what it is that, you know, I love to do and uh, where I what I really see my role as as well, especially in the leadership position. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting when we start to look at all of these pieces together. Yeah. Um, you know, we, as adults, we view things through that adult lens, as you said earlier, the, the, the lens of possibility, right? And so instead mm -hmm. we're like, well, you're not where I expect you to be. So you're not ready instead of saying, well, let me give you an opportunity. Let me give you a chance to see what's going to happen. Um, and then be amazed by what students can do in a way that maybe we didn't think about before. Um, you know, We've started a cabinet, and so my seventh grade class cabinet, they're, the other day I was doing my rounds, and my dean and my counselor were in our conference room with these students, and the students were just pitching ideas to them and saying, these are what we would like to see. Um, you know, they got our trays even in the cafeteria. They said, you know, they were like these, they were a recycled cardboard material or something, and they were like, but you know, there could be something better. There's a lot of waste. There's a lot of us, you know, we're throwing it away. What can we do differently? So they talked to our cafeteria manager person. And uh, now we have these compostable uh, trays that they're using in our garden. And that was something I would never have thought about. Right. I mean, I don't yeah. eat my lunch in the cafeteria. I hang <laughs> out with right. them, but I'm not using the trays. And a kid was like, what can we do better? And, you know, it's just, so many opportunities, but when, as you said earlier, when we sit in our comfort zones, we we mm. deny them the opportunities to be able to, uh, to 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 be the individuals who they are because they don't meet our general expectations of what a person should mm -hmm. be doing. And what are those, anyhow? <laughs> like I just, you know, like yeah, it's it's amazing. I love. I have uh, students who I meet with all the time. I call them like my spirit elves and they, you know, go around and we're trying to do all these things. And I, I am always impressed and blown away by their commitment, by their ideas, by how they want to contribute. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's amazing to me. 
they want to do the best job. Um, one of my favorite stories is um, last year I was new at this school and I called a meeting and I said, hey, you know, let's plan a spirit week. Um, you know, we are COVID, like all kinds of things, everybody behind masks. I'm like, let's do something fun. So um, I ran the meeting and the kids were all like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like our principal's running this meeting. And I was like, oh yeah, like I love this stuff. So I was chatting with the kids. We came up with all these ideas. And then I said, okay, you know, you can go online and, you know, start doing slides and uh, posters and whatever. And I'll, you know, I'll share your stuff because we do our announcements online and whatever else. So at the beginning, I was just thinking to myself, okay, you know, that's great. I'll print them out for them or I'll do this or whatever. And then I was walking around and then I thought, I thought, oh, geez, you know, I, I don't even know these kids well enough to know, like, if I, like, how to get a hold of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, so I was walking around and one of the students, I was like, oh, I said, this is fabulous. I love this. And I said, you know, I can't wait, you know, make sure that you, you know, um, give it to me. And he goes, oh, I, I already shared it with you, Mrs. Donahue. I just looked your name up online and I shared my slot. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. So, you know, they were just, they were so into it. And, and I just thought, you know, again, how amazing is that? How amazing is that, that a student, um, you know, first of all, just goes ahead and knows that they're comfortable enough to be able to do that with their principal, which I loved. And I said, you know, it, ma- it makes me so happy to think that kids will reach out and they will share slide decks with me and they share ideas with me and they write me the cutest little messages like, hi, Mrs. Donahue, I saw this and I thought maybe you would like, you know, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is so fabulous, right? Because that's what you want to be fostering. You want to be fostering that like that comfort level that, you know, and then this is their school. They need to own this space, right? Like who cares what I have to say about it, but their voice is the one that matters. They're the ones that are here every day. So what do they want to see come alive in the school, in the halls, in the cafeteria, on the trays that they eat their food? Like their voice is what really matters. And so it's fabulous that when we ask them for input and then we take that and then we apply it, because it just builds their confidence. It just builds their responsibility for their space. They want to care for this beautiful building, right? Because, oh, wow, like, look at me. I'm, you know, I'm part of this, yeah, right? Yeah. Like I want to be, right? So um, it's just fabulous. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that you, you know, that that composting idea and the trays and stuff, <laughs> that just makes me smile and feel so good about, you know, the, the I don't know. The kids have so much potential. It is so much potential. And in what I continue to hear from you, and, and I'm curious what your thoughts are for this next part, is that you know there there is so much potential. There there's so many things that they can possibly do. We just have to give them the opportunity to do that. So we talked a little bit mm-hmm. earlier. You said, well, maybe people don't do it because they're not comfortable, right? I like to mm-hmm. sit in my comfort space. I like my control. I like order. I, I I like familiarity. And so for those individuals who are thinking or who maybe are listening, watching and saying, yeah, that's me, right? But I know that I want to step out. I know, for example, our dress code is wrong and I want to change mm-hmm. it. I, I know that my students have these potential in them. How do I give them more of a voice? So I'm curious, what are some practical ways that you would give an advice to someone to say, hey, these are ways you could begin doing this now too. You don't have to just sit here and listen to us talk about the things Mm -hmm. that we've experienced. You too can do these things. Well, I don't know. Just ask kids what they want to do 
How, what do they want their school to look like and feel like and sound like? What matters to them? Um, you know, do, uh, I don't know. What do they envision? Um, I did a great exercise um, at, at uh, another school where we took at the end of the year in June all of the activities that we had done for the entire year. And I wrote it on, you know, chart paper. This is actually a great exercise to do. So you took September, wrote every single thing that we did. And I had the kids do it all, right, for me. And then we put it up, September all the way to June. And I brought it to a staff meeting. And I asked my staff, these are all the things that we've done for our students this year. What's missing? What do you see? What don't you Mm -hmm. see? You know, do you think we do enough? Do you think we've hit every mark? So the staff maybe added, you know, a few things. And then I put it in the hallways and I asked my grade eights and my grade sevens, what do you think? What's missing? Let me tell you. They filled in some blanks. (laughs) (laughs) They had some ideas, right? They said, hey, you know, we actually don't have a lot um, of stuff as it relates to mental health, well-being, like this, that I could not believe the stuff that they highlighted. Now, my staff thought, we're killing it. And the kids were like, "Eh, not so much. (laughs) So it was a real eye opener, right? Because again, as adults, we think, yeah, we do tons of stuff for kids. And I'm not denying that anybody doesn't do that. They do. But are we doing the things that the kids actually need? and or want, or are we just doing what we used to do and what we like and what we know? So, you know, so it's a real eye opener. So a great, very practical activity that you can do. Um, And again, um, you can do it using, um, you know, chart paper like I did, which was a few years ago. You could do it online, doing a Padlet, whatever you need to do. Uh, But it really is an eye opener because the two um, perspectives um, allow you to really align. And then the beauty of it is afterwards, as a staff, we were able to go back and we were able to say, okay, what can we now offer that we have never offered before? And how, you know, who has the the want or the desire to, to take this and make this happen for our students? Um, so it was a real good reflection activity and also a great starting point, right? Um, just to kind of start the conversation and uh, to do a little bit of that reflection, because I'm also a huge fan. Like if we're not reflecting on what we're doing, then how can we ever improve? Right. So if you just keep going, OK, here we go again. Here's you know, September or whatever. And I crank out the same stuff. You know, every year should evolve and change and look slightly different. If it doesn't, then we're not really moving. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Anyhow. That's maybe a little practical tip. It is. It is a very practical tip. And so even though you didn't say it, so I want to tease these things out. Okay. You know, obviously, <laughs> um, you know, there, there's the relationship piece, right? As you oh, said, yeah. right, to to connect. And, and these are all part of what you just said. You know, so mm-hmm. there's having those relationships with your students where they feel comfortable saying that, right? There's the vulnerability piece as mm-hmm. as educators for us to say, tell me where I'm doing wrong. How can I be better? And definitely the follow through, like if a student said, hey, we need, as you mentioned, more mental health services. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, 
what, how can I make those things become a reality? So then that way, the next time you ask students, they're not just like you, this is just some weird activity you have us doing that goes absolutely nowhere. Mm-hmm. So I, I love, right. That is a very practical thing. And it en- encompasses, I think a lot of times in our spaces, when we have our Twitter chats or whatever, those are the things that are said, you know, relationships, vulnerability, like, you know, mm-hmm. communication, yeah. right. All of those things. And you took all of that, you bundled it together and said, here's how that might look. So I appreciate that. Oh, well, thank you. I, I love what you were also saying, though. It's like you can't do that and then not have any action. So that, you know, all of this is great. I can say all that. You can go and you can do all these things. But if you don't actually put anything into play, then the students will stop telling you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the staff will stop, you know, engaging as well. So you really do have to match it all. Um, and and then, you know, also tease some stuff out. So sometimes you're like, okay, you're saying that we don't do this. Help me to understand how could we make that happen? What do you think this might look like? Um, what would you need from me to make that happen? I ask that question for uh, kids all the time. Like, how can I make this happen for you? So tell me what my role could possibly be in this. And then, you know, how can I support you? Because uh, that's the same thing. Even when a student is struggling, I always ask them, you know, how, where do you see me in this, you know, in this situation? How can I be of service to you? How can I help? Right. So when you're having that meltdown in class, you're, things aren't going well. Um, where can I be to help you? Right. So and then they'll tell me little things or whatever. And sometimes I'm just a safe space and I'm like, great. Yeah. Right. Come on down. I got chairs, I got tables, I got whatever, you know, and a lot of times I think our job is to do, you know, kind of that, you know, that sort of just, okay, I'm going to distract you and then I'm going to get you back on track. Um, And then we can debrief later when you're not so emotional about what's going on, right? Because that's a huge thing. Um, So the reflection comes, but maybe it's not right now because you're just not ready for that conversation. But um, a lot of times when kids come down to the office and I ask them if they're ready to talk and if they're not, I say, okay, no problem. We'll, we'll circle back later. But in the meantime, I got some jobs for you, (laughs) right? So I, maybe I'll put them to work and they'll start doing stuff. And then sure enough, what ends up happening, they emotionally regulate again, and then they're able, and then they start talking to me. Okay. You know what? This is what happened. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it sort of is a little bit more of an organic way for them to have that conversation. But when, you know, maybe they're ready or they're feeling a little bit more comfortable and safe, like let's face it. Right. I've just, you know, I've lost it in class and I'm feeling really nervous and anxious and all of those things. And then I come down here and now I have to spill my guts to my principal. Like that's a lot for a kid to take in. Right. So I try to just sort of like take all of that out of it and just say, Hey, listen, human to human, (laughs) what can I do for you? And right now I'm going to try my best to help to get you back on track. And I remind them that, you know, like nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. So, so what you made a mistake where we're going to do, this is the learning institution, right? That's the other thing. Keep front of mind. This is an educational facility. This is not a corrections facility. So, right. We're in the business of educating. We're in the business of learning. That's what we do. So let's take this. We're going to make it into a learning opportunity for you. And tomorrow you're going to do better because you know better. And I believe that you can, right? I believe mm-hmm. in you. And maybe for some of our students, we're the person who does that the most, right? I don't know. 
So, you know, we have to create those um, spaces everywhere we can for every kid. Um, so not just to ask for their input, but when they're at their worst and when they're at their best, we're still there to, you know, to serve um, and to help in any way we can. Well, Sandra, I love the fact that this has almost come full circle, right? Earlier, we talked about <laughs> this idea that every interaction that you have with me, I want you to walk mm-hmm. away better. And yeah. it seems like that is what we have talked about as as we interact with our students, as we interact with our staff. It's how do I make sure you have a voice? How do I make sure that you feel safe? How do I make sure that you feel empowered and that you have a mm-hmm. role to play? So that way, whatever it is that when we interact, that you walk away in a better space than when we first met. And I think I just love the fact that we've just kind of made that full circle. See, oh, I planned. You that. did. You did. <laughs> Wonderful. I mean, you did win the speech competition. So, I mean, so it just I, did. Makes sense. I did. I did. I still have the trophy. <laughs> oh, Sandra, it has been an absolute pleasure. I can't believe that we've already been connected for almost 40 minutes here. Um, so right? as we begin to wrap up, I am sure that there are individuals who are like, I want to learn more about you. I want to connect with you. So can you share a little bit about where somebody might be able to follow you and, and, and con- connect with you? Yes. Well, I I held back one little nugget for you too. No, uh, but I did. Uh, so on Twitter, I'm often on Twitter um, at Sandra underscore Donahue, um, interacting with lots of fabulous people like yourself, which is where we found each other uh, through. Also, I'm also part of the X Factor author team mm-hmm. with uh, Matthew X. Joseph. So I will be, um, I'm co-authoring a book with uh, Melissa Dadabo. So that'll be coming out uh super ready to share all kinds of kernels uh for for that book um just uh hopefully inspiring leaders to you know totally just be that at the top of their game uh in any way that they can and i think um a lot of it is just, you know, my passion for for what I do and sharing that with my with my good friend Melissa Dadavo. So that's that's a little something. So that'll be coming. Um, also on um, Instagram, I'm just Sandra Donahue, and um, I do have a uh, YouTube uh, channel that has not yet really been activated, but I have some stuff in there in storage. But I have to get out there and do that. That's on my list of things to do. Right. Um, and also I am on LinkedIn, um, as well and uh, Facebook, uh, with, uh, again, in a couple of groups, I'm in the Codebreaker mm-hmm. group, I'm in the, um, X Factor, um, author group, and I'm also, um, a Codebreaker ambassador. Um, so again, super passionate about all that whole group of people, fabulous, uh, human they beings are. who are always pushing the envelope. Uh, yeah, uh, get right. Exactly. <laughs> I have my hat right over there. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Always ready to go. Um, yeah. And then I'm also, I do a connections without borders, uh, conversation with Matthew Joseph, um, so we started that when um, we started connecting on his uh, innovators lounge and his leadership lounge. And I just found myself just loving that space and loving the fact that 
um, the online platform has broken down borders. Mm -hmm. So we were able to connect with people all over the world. And every time I meet with new people, I'm always like, wow, this is so amazing. I'm talking to somebody now that's in New Zealand or Australia or, you know, Colombia or whatever. And we're getting all of these ideas and we're fueling each other. So Matthew and I have a chat. Uh, we're going to be using synth. And uh, we have a new uh, prompt. We send prompts out every two weeks just to keep people talking and, you know, uh, sharing ideas and keeping our connections. Because let's face it, uh, we, you know, the more we connect to each other, the more that we can support each other and that we can really, truly affect change. And I, yeah, I'm a huge believer that the future is bright um, and it's going to be better. And, you know, we can we can turn our, you know, narratives to positive, successful experiences for students instead of them coming away with battle scars from being in school, right? We want them to be like, yes, school was fabulous. And, you know, I didn't want to leave my school. I love my school, right? Absolutely. Wouldn't that be great? No, it would be wonderful. And if anybody's watching this, I would encourage you to join one of the lounges. Um, you know, I'm, yes. I try to be there on the Friday mornings for the leadership lounge. So, Definitely a plug for you, Matt. You've been brought up a lot in this conversation. So definitely plugs for you. Um, yeah. Join join the lounge if you're available. Um, other than that, you know, Sandra, I just want to say thank you for everything that you are doing. You know, thank you for being on the show. Uh, thank you for being patient and connecting with me. And thank you for just all the amazing work that you're doing outside of this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I would also want to say to you that um, it, if we don't do that for each other in work and in our life, then, you know, what are we doing? <laughs> we should give grace and live with grace and understand that at the end of the day, I really believe everybody's bringing their best self everywhere they go every single day. Absolutely. And so we have to understand that sometimes, you know, we've got energy that's boundless and endless. And other days, maybe the tank is really empty and we're barely getting through. So we just have to allow. So, you know, that's what we do. We balance each other out all the time. So it was absolutely no challenge for me to reschedule, schedule again, bop around or do whatever, because I knew in the end it would be so worth it. Well, thank you. And and I feel, and again, and I'll just reiterate this, I feel that I have walked away better from connecting with you. So thank you. Thank you, Charles. I want to thank you for listening to the Counter Narrative Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to like, subscribe, and of course, share it with friends and family. I'd also love to hear your thoughts about the show, so please leave a comment or two as well. Now, I'm not sure what platform you're using, but the show can be found on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and plenty of other platforms. If the show isn't on your preferred site, let me know, and I'll be sure to get it up and running. This podcast is also featured on SchoolRubric.com, where you can find educational articles, videos, and interviews with educators from around the globe. Be sure to connect with me and other listeners by following the show on Twitter at 
the CN Podcast, and joining the show's Facebook group. Take care.